Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Uh, today, we have a panelist that is uh, renowned. It's Victor Lagrone, U.S. Army Intelligence Analyst, 35 Hotel, uh, veteran and director of Strategic Partnerships and Alliances, uh, Diversity and Inclusion Veterans Advisor, Greater Los Angeles Area. We also have Richard uh, Brookshire, a U.S. Army veteran and co-founder of Executive Director Black Veterans Project. Today's discussion is going to surround the topic of Black Veterans Project demands release of racial data by the VA system. Okay, very good. It's good to see you, uh, Victor. Hey, sir. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, do you want to lead us in into that uh, discussion with Richard about the um, about this project? It sounds like it's really vitally needed, especially now. Absolutely. So, you know, just a little background information on the purpose of the Black Veteran Project. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard has really kind of spearheaded leading some significant initiatives, and one of which is really important. He's doing a deep dive into the level of racism that some veterans are facing at the VA. And that's important to really have a discussion about because some of it is related to veteran employment at the VA. How are veterans being rated? How are they being treated? Who's giving that treatment, right? Right, right? Because it's important also that we see people who look like us when we go to get care, mm-hmm. who understand our cultural nuances and have a good level of cultural competency, right? Mm-hmm. Who can speak to the issues that relate to our veterans, but also understand when they come to them and they might refer or speak to issues that are very specific as they relate to black veterans, whether they black female or black male veterans. So, He's really led the way. He's taken some legal action to get some significant data from the VA. And I think that's important because we do need to take a very transparent look at what is the experience of our African-American veterans, those veterans who've given everything for our nation, who in turn are expecting our nation to treat them fairly and equitably. So it's important that we have that discussion. I know you, as a healthcare practitioner, when you were downrange and providing care, I know one veteran in particular who, when he was in the military and he had an experience with you overseas, he was like, man, it was good to see somebody who looked like me. Mm-hmm. It was good to talk to someone who understood what I was going through, and I didn't have to explain or water down my issues. So that's important for our veterans around the country. I think that the secretary of the VA understands that. Mm-hmm. He has personally referenced the work of the, the Black Veteran Project and spoke to why that's important, why it's important to be transparent. I think that's going to bode well for all of our veterans around the nation as we start looking at equitable use of of benefits, how people access those benefits, right? And also how we educate veterans in the black community about where to get a hold of those benefits, how to start a business, how to buy a home, how to file a, a disability claim, right? How to challenge that claim. And as we start looking at who's doing the rating of those, of those claims, do they look like us, nice. right? Are we certain that veterans are getting a fair, equitable process that makes sense? So this is all important work. I'm, I'm proud of the work that Richard has done, and I'm excited to talk to him today. Fantastic. 
Yeah. So, Richard, you know, why don't you lead us into what what have you found in this data? And, you know, this is Black History Month, as, as I mentioned, in the opening also. So what what are you seeing that we should be aware of? Uh, oh, uh, so. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I think first and foremost, you know, this work builds on the decades of work that many black veterans have uh, done and continue to do and participate in. Um, and, and without black veterans kind of being our own baby race, you know, starting our own organizations to mm-hmm. um, ensure that, you know, we could do things like appealing, um, you know, a, a benefit claims that uh, were done poorly or were overlooked. Um, it wasn't for us kind of organizing to provide services to other black vets. Um, certainly, we probably see uh, even more uh, disparities than, than currently are counted. Um, what we're looking at is we have a very specific window of opportunity with the income divided administration, but also this kind of new, newer or renewed um, rather uh, interest in racial equity issues writ large, and we're, we're capitalizing on that. We've been working for the last eight months with uh, a veterans legal clinic out of Yale uh, University's law school uh, to organize, well, one, the first to really fully comprehend um, not only the benefit system, but also um, pretty much every area where the VA might track racial data, right, in order to really fully get a sense of what the issue is as it stands, um, we want to get our hands on as much um, and on as much concrete data as possible. So uh, the FOIA just went out on Monday, as Victor said, uh, Secretary um, um, Secretary McDonough responded to them saying that uh, he'd be helpful in uh, attempting or at least uh, assisting us in getting it. Um, but we already know what, what, what so much of the data is going to say. And we all already know in some respects that the VA um, keeps poor track um, of racial data around benefit claims. And so this is really just a first step to kind of provoke a national dialogue um, and also kind of raise, raise a flag among, among black vets that we, it is now time that we take this issue um, you know, very seriously that we have for a long time, but that we organize, um, especially uh, post-9-11 vets. I think that this conversation has often uh, sometimes been, been had by the older generation of vets, um, and there's this generational disconnect. And so how do we you not you know, create a united front? Um, so that we can ensure that not only is restitution, which is a really important fact this work, um, made, but also that um, proper avenues of redress are put in place um, so that we don't have we don't have to continue for another 30, 40, 50 years seeing the inequity that we see. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, so what, what do you think the data is showing us so far? Because, um, you know, one of the things that I was talking about in an earlier conversation was that it really starts in, if you're in a combat zone, uh, the line of duty statement is so important. It really rarely ever filled out. <laughs> uh, this, you know, f- these records are not taken seriously, as you were mentioning. Um, I, I mean, when I came back from my first tour of uh, duty in Iraq, uh, they sat about 300 of us in a room, shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, uh, the person who came in, who was discharged sergeant, came in and said, okay, so how many of you are have mental uh, illness and are crazy? <laughs> and so, you know, a few people raised their hand to saying, what the hell is this, you know, just to do it. And But you're sitting there in your whole front of your whole command chain. And he said, well, if you do, then you're going to have to stay here for one or two months, you know, after, you know, after you've gotten back. And everyone wanted to get out of there, right? They wanted to get home. And so, you know, uh, and, and, and the experience that you have is um, – uh, Victor was saying, when you uh, sit, you're sitting in front, 
of uh, one of these medical examiners. They don't look like you. They don't even speak your language. They don't, you know, they don't uh, know your cultural norms and all those kinds of things, the cultural competency. Then it, it seems like they diminish you if you're African-American. So, you know, so what is the data showing you about what is the experience we've been going through? Is it because it, sometimes you can feel like it's only you, right? If you're if you're only aware yeah. of yourself going through that. Yeah. Well, um, I think this is one of the fundamental pillars of how we're approaching the work that BBT is. We're not this is we're not disconnecting a conversation around uh, really challenging and pushing for racial equity in the military, but also the VA because it's often like there's a dis- disconnected conversation and there's so. Uh, tightly bound together that it's really it's not um, the most effective strategy to, to parse them out um, and, and deal with them separately. Um, so certainly, you know, when you talk about that, uh, that are in service, that are discouraged from um, getting their uh, medical ailments uh, properly documented, um, especially around mental health. Um, you know, we, and also the kind of paper discharges that then, you know, feed into um, and allow for the VA to continue to obstruct benefits uh, kind of, you know, at its own discretion. Um, and then, you know, as, as far as what the data says now, uh, we know that there's a, a, a disproportionality among vets who actually access um, the full breadth of their VA um, assets. Um, black vets um, access uh, healthcare benefits probably the most, um, even though they, uh, broadly the, uh, the, the kinds of uh, data sets that we have um, at least as it stands right now, um, and anecdotal conversations, you know, that have long persisted amongst black veterans themselves, um, show that there is a, a, a inequity um, in the kinds of, uh, I guess, percentage of disability that a that a black vet might get relative to their white counterpart. Um, and these things compound on themselves. I mean, we know as a society the importance of how access to GI Bill built up the American middle class, and how there was intentional benefit obstruction. Happened um, for post World War II, well into Vietnam, and today it's, it's become even more insidious, right? Like you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have uh, veterans uh, discharge for a mental ailment, or they're discharged in other honorable ways, or they get out, but because of the environment of the military, they don't have the proper documentation, quote unquote, to really be able to get the kinds of um, um, disabilities that they should be afforded. Um, and so this is a, a long legacy. I also think that why this uh, conversation is so necessary now um, is we have uh, Congressman Fulton and Congressman Clyburn kind of reading legislation that looks to provide redress for um, the families, really, of black veterans who were um, who experienced benefit obstruction in World War II. And so that would allow the GI Bill to, to as much as the fifth generation descendant of, of these black World War II vets. So it's a perfect opportunity, really, in the next few years to really push. And I think part of the, 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 the issue um, that, that's really concerning is we don't have our hands on full data, but the community speaks, right? We, we, we often speak to one another. Um, you know, we, we, we drop in and speak um, at, at BFW, sometimes older um, black vets. But I think we get a confluence of emails, kind of social media ping saying, yeah, this is an issue. Uh, I've long, you know, kind of, you know, struggled to get access my benefits, we know, kind of just, you know, by the fact that black vets, you know, account for almost one-third of the homeless veteran population, how they're overrepresented in uh, many things, um, you know, uh, that we need our hands on the data to be able to really push legislation. 
we need to make this not only digestible, um, you know, to the American public and being able to storytell around this, um, but to be able to get our hands on on, on concrete data that, that the VA um, does have on, on, um, access to. Um, but if whatever they're not tracking, making sure that we're pushing, pushing as a collective to ensure they begin to track it, because otherwise these issues are going to continue. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, and Ge- you know, General Austin. Thank goodness we have General Austin in, in now. You know, for who was appointed by uh, President Biden. Uh, that is going to overlook, you know, this, um, you know, the federal government and the VA uh, perspective as well. And uh, he has, you know, sort of vowed to make sure that, you know, equity is uh, part of the picture uh, when we start looking at the veterans' issues. So, uh, you know, um, I'm wondering, you know, so what what do you think we need to do as veterans, you know, uh, to support the kinds of initiatives that you're doing? You know, is there a website we can go to, a telephone number we can call, or how can we get involved to make sure that you have, uh, you know, the support that you need uh, going forward in the work you're doing? Because I think it's vitally important what you're doing. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it's this old saying that says, you know, um, you know, in God we trust. You know, all others bring data. <laughs> so you're 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 really yeah. on the top of the, the data stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, as far as how uh, black veterans begin to support, we have something called the Black Veteran Empowerment Council, building into coalition um, of, of, of local, state, and national black veterans organizations, and organizations that want to support uh, or at least want to center on the economic um, um, issues that black veterans face um, and the benefits of issues that black veterans face. And so, you know, it's in its infancy, it's like so much of a baby, and we need black veterans to get engaged. Um, we have a website, blackveteransproject.org, that you can visit um, you know, to learn a little bit more about the issue. Oh, you know, get that get that website again? Blackveteransproject.org. Okay. Um, we have, in the next few months, we'll be releasing a, a survey. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we get a confluence of emails with black vets wanting to tell their stories, but we really wanted to... Uh, regiment a way for black men to take part in uh, our own kind of national data collection to then compare and contrast mm-hmm. with the data that we end up getting from the VA. But listen, it may take years for us to get uh, the, our hands on a full breadth of the, of the data that the VA has access to. Yes. And so I don't want you know, us to think that it's just going to take a few months to begin to rectify you know, decades and decades and decades no. of, of, of racial inequity. Um, but what we're hoping to do through BBAC and through BBP is begin to collect stories really focus on the research um, and and really kind of be a hub for advocacy, right? And being able to, uh, kind of, you know, organize a, a collective voice and a collective front so that we can work with members of Congress um, who, are, who are willing to open to, to really shift the status quo. Um, and more than anything, connect all generations of black vets to engage in this work. Um, and, and I think that that is, that is a, the, the challenge that lies ahead, but I think it's one that, um, we can ill afford to not take up. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Dr. Arno, mm-hmm. if, if I could just add something oh, sure. really quickly. Yes. One of, the, one of the other things we wanted to get um, Richard and the Black Veteran Project engaged in is how we capture the legacy of service of our black veterans in our community. So we're looking to bring Richard out and his organization to do some of that filming and, and interviewing in Chicago. And that's going to be really important for us, right? Because we all know that over the next five years, we're going to lose many of those heroes who served in World War II 
and in Korea. So how do we capture those stories of the triple nickel, you know, the Montfort Point Marines and so many others? This is how we really do it, right? We bring in professionals who know the work. Richard is an expert in both film and writing, and this allows us to tell the story, capture that legacy, and, and leave it somewhere that the future service members, right, those junior ROTC cadets, those uh, officer candidates who are looking to stand on the shoulders of greatness, like, like people like Harold Washington, for example, and people like you, Cliff Kelly, and so many others. The, the future has to know about the past, right, to know what their legacy looks like and how to stand firm. So, you know, I'm really appreciative of the work that Richard does, and I think that's a great step to the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, you know, when he was talking, I was thinking about my father, who was a World War II veteran, and he was on a, f- a flamethrowing incendiary team. And he, he would tell me these stories, and then he would just break down and, you know, cry. And he, um, you know, would, you know, they have German soldiers run out sometimes, but then they would see, you know, old women and children run out these buildings. And it was just horrifying for him. But he, when he went to the VA system, they didn't even recognize anything. They said, oh, it's, you know, go home. It's just a nightmare, right? <laughs> and uh, so we, we have a tendency to be trivialized. And that's the part that really gets me because as a provider, I know I go into some of those determinations, and they don't even ask me the right questions. And they, they're, right. Not, they're not competently asking me what is it that you need to know uh, and, and sort of diverting and, and writing down what they want to think and say. And so that's the cultural competency. I can feel it right away, you know, in those in those situations. So we really, you know, have to. Um, I'm really so proud of uh, what you're doing, Victor, um, and in, uh, what this is, uh, you know, where Richard is uh, taking us with this data. Uh, and as you said, it's, it's a foundation. You have to build the foundation. Nothing good happens overnight. <laughs> you know, you have to build and put the work into it. So I'm so happy that you are putting the work into it. And I, I just Im- I implore people to go to uh, blackveteransproject.org and take a look at what you're starting to do and to be part of that process. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me. I just wanted to jump in, too, just to, to say yes, before yeah. we wrap the interview, um, yes. one of the things that we're really trying to lay the foundation for is, is, is substantive litigation as well. There hasn't really been ever a class action suit against the VA for racial discrimination. And that's something that we're looking for. There's a window of opportunity in the last two years where um, there actually has been successful class actions against the VA um, because they were long gone, right, you know, from being able to kind of, that's it, I've always kind of had to kind of go individually um, through, through, through a veteran court system to be able to find redress. And now there's this kind of, you know, coalescing and um, mm-hmm. uh, window of opportunity um, to potentially litigate. Um, and so we're really just trying to get it's as creative as we, as we can. Uh, but how this ties back to the military as well is, you know, one of the things that we're really pushing for is the application of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Most um, Americans, certainly I didn't even know that the Civil Rights Act doesn't apply to the military, that there actually is anything codified into law that bars discrimination of any kind um, in the military. So we're pushing for that um, to happen. And what that would essentially do is three things. It would force the military to abide by the same um, mechanisms that, uh, you know, every civilian kind of entity would have to, uh, would have to abide by with respect to equal opportunity. Um, it would overturn something called Ferris Doctrine, which a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, black vets are very intimately familiar with, where you as a service member and even a veteran, um, are barred from being able to levy suit against the military. This creates a culture of, mm-hmm. uh, where, where there, there is no real redress. So if you suffer racial discrimination or you are in service, you might be able to file a 
really shift um, the ways in which the military has been co-opted, the ways in which the working class has been exploited in this institution. Certainly black folks have you know, felt the, the major brunt of that. Um, we have to make sure that we look at systemic change and look at the systemic ways that we mm-hmm. tackle these issues and rebuild these institutions to actually be able to serve um, the population who um, very much willingly signs up now uh, to defend this country. So um, that's really kind of what we're laying the groundwork for. That's why the storytelling is so important. Uh, right now, we're a baby org, so if you want to donate, please do, because we, uh, we need the resources. Um, okay. If, if you, uh, you want to organize fundraisers on our, on our behalf, please do. Uh, we need those stories to be able to bring in front of members of Congress. We need these stories to be able to bring to members of the media. One thing that Black Veterans Project has really tried to do over the course of the last two years um, has been to proliferate a public dialogue, right? And so that it's not just a siloed conversation on that or, you know, amongst military members, because, you know, there's an increasing kind of civilian military divide, but that there's a national kind of conversation about what racial justice actually looks like relative to the military, which has kind of long been this ignored facet of the racial justice conversation. Um, so storytelling is instrumental to that. Getting our hands on data is instrumental to that, so that we can really push forward, hopefully in a substantive way, around shifting the status quo relative to human civil rights in the military, but also shifting the status quo with respect to, 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 to restitution. Mm-hmm. Um, for okay. the families, really, not even just the individual vets that have been long affected by um, issues of benefit obstruction. So, okay. again, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to this. Okay, thank you, Richard uh, Brookshire, for all we are doing, and Victor Legrone, America Heroes Group Roundtable Boots on the Ground with partner Victor Legrone. Uh, we are always honored to have you here, and blackvetveteransproject.org. Go there, uh, donate, and participate. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.